0: What's up, podcast? Welcome to another episode of Dictations. In this week's episode, Dr. Rogers interviews Dr. Robin Branca on the psychological impact of COVID-19. Dr. Branca is the psychologist at all the performance medicine locations and is also a professor at Carson Newman. This conversation is about the psychological toll that COVID-19 is, is having right now on our society and how all of us can learn to deal with it in a healthier way. Uh, It's a really interesting conversation. Dr. Branca uh, brings out so many gems. So I I hope you guys get a ton out of it. Uh, Here's Dr. Rogers with Dr. Robin Branca.
1: Hey this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine on a Saturday afternoon bringing you as always updates about COVID-19 all the latest and um, keeping you healthy and safe and informed. Today's going to be great because we have a colleague of mine Dr. Robin Branca psychologist that works out of all my offices um, counseling patients on a lot of different things. Um, and this is going to be really interesting because Robin, Dr. Branca, is married to one of the lead pulmonologists in East Tennessee. Works at probably the biggest hospital in East Tennessee. So he's one of those front line guys that is very knowledgeable. And Dr. Branca living with that, um, you know, from her expertise at being a psychologist and helping people in that regard. It's going to be a very interesting dynamic today. We're gonna mainly focus on really the psychological toll of this coronavirus, because as you know, the coronavirus or COVID-19, SARS-2, you know, is, is a bad pandemic. It's, it's shaking our whole world. It's gonna change a lot of things about how we live. And it's, it's created a lot of anxiety from a lot of different reasons. The emotional, economical, fallout of this thing is probably going to be a lot greater than you know even the toll on human lives possibly it's hard to say that but um, may well indeed um, because it's promoting fear in people and Dr. Branca I want you to talk mostly I'm just going to kind of listen to you but give me your ideas about how this thing is going you know from a medical standpoint it changes day by day but From your experience, vast experience in dealing with people on the psychological toll of PTSD and anxiety and depression, I know I'm calling in a lot of antidepressants and anxiety messages from doing this telemedicine. People are really suffering from the psychological impact of this corona. So give me your opinion on how we need to deal with this.
0: Well, I think that this virus is um, bringing to light some pre-existing problems that we have right now, both at the societal level and at the individual level. And one of the biggest problems, underlying problems that it's bringing to light is this extensive fear in our culture right now. People are scared to death and they're scared all the time. There even seems to be, I don't know if you see this in your patients, but in my patients, I see a lot of people who, they seem to feel like if they, the more they worry, the safer they will be. It's like this phenomenon, if I can just worry enough, I'll be okay. And um, we even equate in our culture these days, worry with love. Could you imagine if, if, if uh, your child were going on a trip and your mom said, well, oh, I'm not worried. Well, we might interpret that as a slap in the face, but actually that could be great confidence in her child going off and being okay. So um, we have this underlying culture of fear. We see advertisers um, try to uh, capitalize on this. Uh, we see news programs being very evocative and fear provoking. And, This has been going on long before we had a real threat in this coronavirus. Now we have this real threat, but it's one of the most threatening things to people who are already fearful because number one, it's an invisible enemy. You can't put your finger on it. If you get this virus, it's gonna be like you're playing Russian roulette. We have people dying from it who historically wouldn't die from a virus like this. And so that's a very scary component of it. Um, it's also creating a little bit of distrust. It's creating some paranoia. It's creating isolation. There's all these things. There's this soup of fear and anxiety um, that this virus and pandemic is, is keying into in people. So I don't, are you seeing that in your patients?
1: Yeah, I really am. You know, we're doing a lot of telemedicine, and people are really anxious about this thing, not only because of fear of getting the, the coronavirus themselves and maybe dying from it, but fear of bringing it to other people, their loved ones, and fear that they're going to go bankrupt. I mean, I saw I see a lot of business people, and they've never faced anything like this economically. Right. You, know, you told me that the average American is about what, five hundred dollars from bankruptcy or Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. So it is scary from a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. How do people deal with that? What what's the you know, the we're gonna get through this storm, but right now and it may be a little prolonged. I heard today that, you know, at least in Tennessee, we're nowhere near the peak yet. So this stay in place may last for weeks or possibly even i hate to say this a few months i mean it could
0: right um well you know number one i think that we need to assess the reality of the fears and validate those fears so i think and it's going to affect different individuals in different ways so as an individual as a family i think it's important to sit down and look at this very realistically and say okay How could this impact us financially? How could this impact us physically, emotionally? You know, what are the things that we need to kind of strengthen ourselves for and prepare for emotionally and and, and practically right now? So I think it's very important to take it seriously and look at how it might impact you and what you could do right now to help with that. So for example, if you are about to go two months without pay, let's say, uh, where is your savings? What's your best choice right now? Would it be better to pay your rent now um, and stay where you are, or go live with your family for a little while? Really strategize. Now, once you've done that financially and from a health perspective, you know, you're taking your vitamin C and that's, that's your department, how to gear up from a physical, perspective. Um, Emotionally, you want to start getting your social support networks. You want to keep communications with your friends and loved ones, whether it be through the phone or the internet, but maintain those contacts. So once you've done all of that, and you've kind of armed yourself for this battle, so to speak. um, Then what you need to do is you need to turn the television off Because the television and my patients, and and long before this pandemic, this was true, but especially now, it's making people very fearful because every story on this is very doom and gloom. And there's a bit of exaggeration. There's also a lack of truth um, in a lot of the information that's being disseminated right now. We see these very contradictory things. And so I'm advising people that you are not allowed to turn on your TV on any story on coronavirus or look on your computer for more than five minutes a day. So you get a five minute update every day because people want to be updated. What's the latest? Find a reliable news source. That's going to give both sides of the story. Make sure you uh, lock into the scientific community to get uh, real good information and spend five minutes getting your information every day. Once you've done that, you are to put it away. So once you've strategized, for your family and your health. And once you have listened to your five minutes per day, now it is time to practice and get your happiness muscle in place. We have a big fear muscle right now, but what we need is a better brain muscle because our brains can overcome that fear. You know, the amygdala is a little central part of the brain. It's right in the center of your brain, your limbic system that controls all your emotions. They are very central to the brain and they were designed to help us when we encounter a real threat out in the wild. We have this fight or flight response that we go into. It's great for survival when you're getting chased by tiger, but if there's no tiger there and you're imagining one in your head, it's going to kill you. So that's what we need to shut down and calm down as individuals. And so turning off the TV, Uh, getting your strategy in place, and then practicing not worrying, focusing on other things. I see this personally for people as a great opportunity for them to reevaluate where their lives are. I see people out there spending more time with their families. I see people uh, starting to evaluate, uh, you know, different ways that they can do their jobs maybe so that they get Uh, more time with the more important things in their lives. And so I would put my energy on that.
1: I agree 100%, Dr. Branca. You know, I have seen more families out walking, a lot of people doing spring cleaning. It's beautiful weather. Um, Families are getting closer together. They're sitting down and cooking in their own house and eating together. They're thinking about staying healthy, Um, and I agree. This, this, although it's a terrible time right now, it is time to reassess and maybe to think about not only your physical health but your emotional health, your relationships, because that's where you get your satisfaction in life. It's it's from relationships, not money. You know, we live in a very hectic, go-get'em, spend world. You know, that's why we see a lot more, I think, ADHD, because just the world, we have so much input coming in and very little sitting down and talking with people. You told me that your introverts, which is about 50% of the population, are are really digging this because they're they're used to this. Yeah, exactly. Talk talk about that a little bit.
0: Well, uh, I'll use myself as an example. Uh, You know, I have a 15-year-old son, and... You know, the day that they were sent home from school, he couldn't have been happier. Well, he he cloistered himself into his bedroom and started typing on his computer, doing all of his lessons from his own room, and he's just been thrilled, because he's naturally very introverted, um, he really enjoys being home. and. Uh, you know, so then that got me to thinking about other people and I started interviewing a lot of my students at Carson Newman and I found that in my classes I would set up these huge Zoom conferences. Well, only about half the class would attend because I would make it optional and I'd say, where's everybody else? And I would email them and they'd say, hey, I'm really loving this time by myself. And I said, well, they're my introverts. They're, they're just loving this, not having to be face to face with people. They can stay in their minds and in their worlds and do all kinds of fun stuff. So, uh, you know, that's kind of an underrepresented population because we extroverts tend to be much more vocal. We're the ones that everybody hears and sees on TV. Um, The introverts, they're much quieter, uh, but a lot of them are are pretty happy right now.
1: (laughs) I hope a lot of change comes out of this uh, horrible situation because not only from a healthcare perspective, but from uh, a family perspective and people... Uh, realizing what's important in their lives and what isn't, you know, it's these healthcare workers. I'm concerned about our healthcare workers, the ones that are on the front line. I mean, they're going to have some lingering psychological issues for years to come. It may be a generational thing. I don't know, but you know, now they're kind of the heroes, and which they should be. I mean. You know, knowing being a healthcare professional and knowing docs and nurses, you know, through many years, I grew up in a medical family. I'm convinced, and I really think that most of us are really doing it for the right reasons. We want to help other people out. And, you know, a lot of medicine has lost its luster and respect from the population you know i think that's that's coming to the forefront right now especially the ones on the front lines like your husband um, but you told me when we were conversing about this earlier that you think it may be life back to normal after this crisis is over and our heroes won't be our doctors and nurses and you know people that work in the hospital and from the cafeteria workers to the people that clean up the building at night you know it may be business as usual with um and back to hero worshiping other types of you know genres what do you think about that
0: well you know again you know i'm seeing this pandemic in addition to all the difficulties that it's bringing and we can't minimize how serious this is but i I am seeing a, a brighter side in that i'm i'm What I'm seeing, at least from the healthcare workers, and I I know a lot of healthcare workers because of my husband and and being in the field myself, um, I'm seeing this real attitude of people who are very fearful for their own health and for their family's health, but recognizing that they are in a unique position right now to help people in a way that nobody else can. And they're rising to the occasion. I haven't seen a single healthcare worker say, well, I'm not going to see patients or I'm not going to go to that hospital today or I'm not going to go into that room with that COVID positive patient and then go home to my young child and family and, and then get up the next morning and do it again. I, I'm seeing that everywhere I look and it's really reflecting what I've always known about these healthcare providers. that. They have always been the heroes. Um, You know, in any profession, you're going to get those people that aren't in it for the right reasons. But in order to stay in the healthcare profession, I can tell you right now, you have to do it for more than money. You have to be doing it out of compassion for others or else you will burn out very, very quickly. And so um, and and I'm just seeing that uh, that um, come to life in these people and they're ready to, to, to save lives and to work really hard and put their own lives at risk.
1: Well said. I know as a physician, I took an oath many years ago and I'm going to stick by that. I'm not closing my doors. You know, I want to help people, but, uh, very, very good wisdom there that you've just given out. Um, I want to emphasize, as I try to in all my podcasts and when I deal with patients, that start taking care of yourself. I see a lot of positive things coming out of this. Um, you know, I hate to say this, but most of the people that I've recognized on the demographic that is really being affected, people that are dying by this disease are people that are not healthy in the first place. Um, there's a few outliers, but for the most part, when you look at it, and you know, I may get criticized for saying this, but when I'm looking at it, most of the people that really having problems are really obese, you know, and they have metabolic syndrome, hypertension, diabetes, preexisting lung disease. They may be smokers. But the one thing I'm noticing because I'm geared into a lot of obesity treatment is these people are pretty large. So it's gonna be interesting to see the demographics after it's all over that who was most susceptible to this, but I got a few common sense ideas just from observing already. But, uh, so a a take home message to people is start thinking about taking care of yourself um, in a health wise manner so that you can take care of others. I think that's the bottom line. Any other words of wisdom, Dr. Branca? Thank you so much Um, for joining us and wonderful.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to spread uh, the word about this to the public. Um, I did make a list of tips for people, kind of my top ten list of things to do right now, today, to reduce your fear and anxiety. Would you like to hear them?
1: I'd like to write them down.
0: Okay. (laughs) Number one, turn off the news. No more than five minutes a day. All right. Um, Number two, get mindful. Get right in the moment. You know, once you strategize, like I said to do earlier, and you can't do anything else to change your situation, pay attention to everything that's around you right now. You might be in your home with your young children. They might be driving you crazy, but you know what? They're right there with you and maybe your spouse or your partner or whoever is in your life that you love i bet you're closer to them than ever look at them and just say thank you thank you thank you and reevaluate reevaluate your priorities start to see what's really important to you in life Um, number three when you start to get fearful i want you to ask yourself What is the likelihood, the true likelihood, that this thing that I'm worried about is really going to happen? Now, I don't want to minimize the impact of coronavirus, but we know that the vast majority of people who get it aren't going to die from it. The vast, vast majority. Okay? So get real realistic about these fears. Also, use this realism to kind of say, you know, I think I've been afraid of the wrong things for a long time. It never made sense to me, somebody going out and buying a $50,000 car when they don't have a savings account. You know, they don't have six months of salary in the bank. Okay, I'm not trying to moralize that. I'm just saying that that is a real fear. If you don't have a savings or or an emergency plan, you should be afraid of that. You shouldn't be afraid of what car you're driving and how ugly and beat up it is. All right, so there's a chance right now for us to take account of what we need to get real about the real fears another example of a real fear what you just named obesity now i'm coming to this from personal level i've lost 100 pounds twice and i can tell you what i've kept it off now for five years and i couldn't be more grateful to be the size that i am that i am right now because i can guarantee you if i get this virus and i'm most likely to get it from my husband we've already planned for that um, I'll probably be okay, but I can't say that hundred pounds from now I would have been okay. So get real about where's the real fear. What should I really be afraid of? Do something about it and then move on. Um, serenity prayer. I strongly recommend that for people right now. You know what, everything that I'm talking about can be summed up in that. You can Google that and find that one. Another thing, another tip, routine, get a routine going. You're home right now, you have a lot of unstructured time. If you're someone who's prone to depression, anxiety, your biggest enemy is unstructured time. So put some structure into your day. Say I'm gonna work out, and start your day with a workout. Okay, get those endorphins going. I'm gonna work out, I'm gonna eat a healthy meal, preferably lunch, okay, all right? And then I'm gonna do this much work from this time to this time, and then I'm gonna have this time to this time with my family. Every day, get a nice structure going, go to bed at the same time every night, get up at the same time every morning. I can't emphasize enough how much that'll help you. And then of course, all the things that I like to refer to as grandma's rules, Uh, you wanna eat well, you wanna get your sleep, you wanna exercise, do some yoga, and like grandma would say, be thankful. Write in your gratitude journal. Did you know, Dr. Rogers, but there is a study out there that they have found that when people, before they fall asleep at night, if they will just say what they're thankful for, three, name three things that they're thankful for from that day, they tend to be happier, have less depression, less anxiety. So those are my rules. Those Hope are they help awesome. ya.
1: Those are awesome <laughs> words of wisdom, uh, Robin. I love that. And I'm certainly going to incorporate those ideas into my own. Uh, daily life you know one of the saddest things i think that i've seen in this whole thing is the isolation that the dying have had to experience dying alone and we've had some wonderful healthcare workers you know kind of ease them through that if you can call it that but the saddest thing to me is is these folks that cannot be with their loved ones as they're dying i mean it's just horrible so Take the opportunity to tell them right now, you know, as you live your daily life. But, um, so a lot of words of wisdom. Um, I understand you're even doing a study on this, maybe, uh, maybe writing a paper on it. We may be talking to somebody who may be famous here very soon, Dr. Franka. Um, but, um, I think you're the perfect person to do this because you're living with a pulmonologist and very smart pulmonologist, I may add. And, um, you know, you're yourself and have years of experience as a doctor of psychology. So I, th- I encourage you to do that and to help us all out.
0: And, and Dr. Rogers, you, you just hit on the very thing that is the most distressing to all the healthcare workers that I've talked to. And uh, we just sent a survey out to 16,000 healthcare workers through the Society of Critical Care and Medicine. And I'm reading all their comments. And the number one comment that they are concerned about even more than their own health and the health of their families has been exactly what you hit on about their patients who are dying alone. Um, I, that That is a grief that is shared by everyone in the medical community and I want patients and their families to know that because they won't always get to see that but, but that is something that I'm hearing a whole lot about and right now is probably the thing that's going to lead to the most. PTSD for our healthcare workers than any other thing that's happening with
1: this virus. Agreed. A lot of stuff to think about, reflect on and uh so we'll leave it at that today. Dr. Branca, will you join us again and maybe, you know, in a, a while and maybe update us on how the study's going and how things are progressing as we come out of this healthcare crisis and maybe be able to help people through your great work great thank you yes i'd love to thank you dr
0: rogers
1: we'll see you next time performance medicine take care of yourself so that you can take care of others
0: thanks guys for listening to this episode of the podcast Uh, please share the podcast with your friends and if you haven't subscribed yet please subscribe Uh, we will see you guys next time